that old notion that someone else is going to come along and take care of your life for you is just ancient. And in a new day, to feel empowered and enlivened that you're the expert on you, you're getting to know yourself, you have your own recipe, that what works for you is not the same as what's going to be right for me. There's so much power and freedom in that if we're only willing to not look at it as a burden, but the joy of discovering ourselves and what path is right. Hello everyone, it's Dr. Anna Kabeca here. I am thrilled to be here with a dear friend and an inspirational woman, really one of the most inspirational women that I've ever met. And I'm excited to share a bit about a bit of her with you, my audience, and also her story and her new book, which is called The Beautiful No. Now I know many of us in our lives have received a beautiful no. We may not have felt that it was beautiful at the time but that we can look back and reflect and see how it is beautiful is really huge. So I want to introduce you to our guest, my guest today, and her name is Sherry Salata. Now, she has worked with one of the most famous women in our history, and I want to share a little bit about her journey, and actually I'm going to have her tell you a little bit about her journey too. Her story is that she has grown from being grown up in Chicago, family life, going through a series of journeys, which ended her up, lo and behold, at the Oprah Winfrey Show. And she had 20 years with the Oprah Winfrey Show as the executive producer, her dream job. So I want to bring on Sherry Salata and have her introduce and tell some of her story to all of you guys. I'm excited to share with you today. Hey, Sherry. Oh my gosh, Dr. Anna, ah, the girlfriend doctor, and I'm your girlfriend. So here we are. I love it. And I do love that you call me the girlfriend doctor. I'm like, I love that. You so are. You so are. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it, you know, thank you for that kind introduction. I mean, here's the truth. I didn't start working for Oprah till I was 35. And I got hired in an entry-level position. So for anybody listening out there who hasn't been able to kind of crack the code for themselves, you know, let, let me be the voice of hope for you that it's never too late. And I did not start there till I was 35. 15 years later, when I was 50 years old, and maybe right before that, I became the executive producer of the show. So I had lots of jobs along the way. And it, it truly was a once-in-a-lifetime dream-come-true experience. I learned so much from it, as you know. So let's share some of that and then your journey since then, because I'll I'll tell our audience how I met Sherry. Sherry and Nancy both. She was doing a three-day retreat and educational stint community gathering, let's say. That's right. 1440 Multiversity in um, the, what would you call that area? So it's in Santa Cruz, right outside Santa Cruz in the Redwoods. And, And Nancy and I, right, we did a weekend retreat with, I think it was about 400 people. And, and we, we had a big cast and lo and behold, you somehow ended up there. I did. And it was actually somewhat accidental, but I was looking to get away. And there was one weekend I had available. I heard about 1440 Multiversity for its amazing setup and, and sessions. I looked it up and I saw this is 50, Sherry and Nancy. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for me. And, uh, and I ended up there, visited my brother along the way. And I just fell in love with you guys. Honestly, I was inspired. You had amazing, amazing people. Just Laura Berman from St. Simon's Island, where I am. She yes. was 
speakers, Deepak Chopra. Yes. And the founder of SoulCycle. And Chris Carr. And oh yeah, it was good. Uh, Danny Shapiro, who's now on her own national book tour. It was, it was really, it was a real, Nate Berkus and Jeremiah Brent, my dear friends. That's right. Uh, That's right. That was crazy. It was crazy fun. I'd like to do that again, actually. Let me know. I'm calendaring it in. (laughs) And I will bring as many of my tribe ladies listening today as much as possible. I definitely think it was one of the incredibly valuable experience. So what brought you to write The Beautiful Now? Right. Well, first of all, it was an amazing opportunity. My publisher at Harper Wave, which is an imprint of Harper Collins, is a woman in her 50s. Her name is Karen Rinaldi, and she has an incredible story herself. We had a great meeting and it eventually led to her offering me a contract. And it started off like, wow, who doesn't want to write a book? That's so great. And have a little piece of legacy with your name on it. Well, the first year I struggled so badly to figure out what I was writing about. I literally almost quit. I was like, you know what? I I don't need this. (laughs) I've had all kinds of, you know, TV producing stress. I I don't need any more stress. And then I woke up on Christmas morning a year ago last Christmas. And I thought, you know, Sherry Salata, who gets this privilege? And it's such a, such a fantastic opportunity to really kind of mine the depths of everything you've experienced everything you've learned. You had a seat at one of one of the most valuable tables on the planet. You know, I, every thought leader, every wisdom keeper. And I pulled myself together and I spent a year hunkered down, really processing and, and storytelling, putting it on the page. And and that's what's happening right now. Now what's so weird, Dr. Anna, is I'm out in the world and it's it's out there and it's kind of like I wake up in the morning because you know, I'm in the midst of the thick of it right now of this book launch. And I think, oh, you know, please, let it just find its way into the hands of someone who really needs that message today. And ultimately, the message is, it's the same message I say to myself, the same message my co-host Nancy Halla and, and friend of 30 years says to herself, that it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. And if not now, when? Mm, I love that. If not now, when, right? And and also, you know, you're one of the podcasts that I listen to religiously, the Sherry and Nancy show. I love that. I love your entrance song. I mean, I love, you know, so inspirational. And I just crack up because it is like girlfriends at the table, just like full on, full disclosure. No one else is listening, right? Not a million, you've had over a million downloads, right? Not <laughs> people are listening. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, that's what Nancy and I always say to ourselves is that, you know, when someone will say, oh, you guys were so brave. We're like, oh God, what do we talk about? Because it just feels like we're just having a girlfriend chat. And next thing you know, we've spilled the beans. Yeah, I get it. I want our listeners right now, you can think of like, look in the past and think, what was a no that you faced that you can look back now and state that was a beautiful no? That right. Was a- now. And you've really made me reflect in reading your book. And I was blessed to get an advanced copy. I love it. I endorse it. It is. I've got notes all throughout here. And oh my gosh, I've written up. Oh so I love to see that. I love to see that. That's what I wanted. I wanted it to be thought provoking. You know, there's no other reason to do this. 
There's no other reason to write this story, these stories. There's no other reason to share these very, I feel like my skin's not on my body. Sometimes I feel so vulnerable, but there's no other reason to do it unless somebody's writing notes to themselves about their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so true because also be able to look forward because here we can look back and say, oh yeah, that was a beautiful now. Yeah. That was beautiful now. Now we're, when we're in the throes of a beautiful now, a no, we have to determine, all right, like how do I handle this now, right now? Yeah. So, let, let's dig into that a little bit because I'm facing kind of a no right now. And I'm like, huh, how is this going to be a beautiful no? How will I be able to look back and say, I know. Well, listen, you're already asking the right question. I mean, that is the title story of the book. And it's the story about how I got the job at the Oprah show. And, and the no, the real no, there was a bunch of no's in that story. But the big, big, beautiful no was I was up for a big job in advertising at an advertising agency. And I was broke. I was desperate. I needed the job so bad. I could barely pay my rent. And I was, I went in for the interview and he, you're just what we're looking for. And I, you know, I, I celebrated prematurely because I, I didn't have the, the final offer. And sure enough, he ended up not hiring and, and I didn't get the job. So I was devastated because my hopes were up so high. And shortly after that, I got the, the message that to come in and freelance at the Oprah show. And it was only, you know, it was only several years later when I was in the midst of all that dreamy Oprah-ness that I could look back and say, oh my gosh, if he, if I, if he had hired me and I had the security of that staff job with the big $75,000 it paid or what, whatever that amount was, I never would have quit that security a short time later to go freelance at Oprah. And then my life would have been very, 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 very different. I wouldn't have had the courage to take a shot at that big dream because you know I, I had been feeling desperate and I was longing for security. So I, I could see that that no was so beautiful it was such a gift. And I literally retraced all my lives. Like a man I loved early on who didn't love me back. What would my life have been? Oh my gosh. It had been so much. Like intrinsically, he knew we were ill-matched in a way that I didn't. So that's what I continue to say is every no, I think, has a lot of gorgeousness to it, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. It's just okay that the beauty may be a little rough to find right now, but have faith, <laughs> have faith and we can face that. So tell more about your story with Oprah. Well, I mean, it was really incredible. And, and it was, and, and even, even beyond Oprah, it was the staff, the people who had been drawn there. It was the assembling of divine intelligence. Everybody has a story as, as miraculous as mine of how they found their way to the Oprah show. And to be within that ecosystem for 20 years was really life-changing. And I often say, Dr. Anna, that there were a lot of great company benefits, but the number one company benefit for me was being paid to build a spiritual life. You know, I was raised Catholic. You know, by the time I got to college, I was questioning. I'm like, it's not really speaking to my soul, although, you know, I appreciate it and have reverence. And next thing you know, I'm at the Oprah show and I'm, I'm exposed to all kinds of new ideas spiritually and different wisdom keepers. And like, I got to like look for the language that was mine. And 
You know, then I find myself in my mid fifties with this super solid spiritual foundation. And I was brave enough and actualized enough to be able to say the hard thing to myself, which was, you've manifested the career of your dreams. Great job, Sherry. Great job. You were really trying for that in your 20s and it didn't happen. But you haven't manifested the life of your dreams. And what is the life of your dreams now? Do you even know? What is it that you really want? And in all the areas of your life, because I know, I know it's possible. I know we're supposed to live the lives of our dreams. So that's really been my journey the last three years, which is mining the gold, gathering my gems, really deciding, tweaking my personal recipe for what my dream life looks like, reinventing my relationships, recalibrating the way I move through a day. And it's an ongoing process. It's not one and done. It's not checking goals off a piece of paper. It really is about checking in with myself so consciously every day that even when I'm making mistakes or I'm not doing some of the things that I know make me feel good, I know I can make a different decision by four o'clock. You can change the direction that you're going into. And, And in your book and in your story and something that you shared when I first met you at 1440 is that, you know, you woke up one morning and you say, you're like, I woke up one morning, here's this realization. I'm, I'm, I think you're 53, 100 pounds overweight. And so, yeah. and it was like, wait, where did, you know, what just happened? I know. Well, I mean, that's a rare gift I have. I don't know if it's rare. It seems like it's particular to me a lot, which is I can go unconscious about something for years at a time. It's really, it stuns me to even now, I, I, I see that I still have that propensity that unless I really require of myself a level of conscious attention with tenderness and compassion for myself, I can literally lose years and not realize, wow, you're not healthy. Wow. You haven't manifested that the love you say you want. Wow. Are you living the life of your dreams? Is this it? It shocks me still. That's something Nancy and I talk about a lot every week, as you know, since you listen, that she has a little bit of that too. And unless I say to myself, if you want the life of your dreams, you're going to have to check in hour by hour and make those choices moment by moment and really remind yourself that you are creating a recipe for what loving yourself most looks like. That's the only way for me. The only way, even like this last week, so I'm going to tell you this, this last week I'm on the road, I'm in hotels, I'm in airports, I'm in airport lounges. And like yesterday, I had the big freaking plate of cheese cubes at the United Lounge. Like, like I was just like, and, and, and I could feel, I'm like, what's happening here? I'm a little anxious. I'm feeling a little lonely. I'm feeling a little spent because I, you know, I met a thousand people on the road who were lovely and wonderful, but that's an energy expense. And I was like, it's just interesting, Sherry, to to stay on track here and see how your first reach are for old habits that led to the life that wasn't the life of your dreams. Well, comfort foods, right? Things that are like, okay, yeah. I know this is going to make me feel good in the short term because it's yeah, our, our nervous system. But 
in the long term, I'm going to feel better or worse. But you had the awareness, Sherry. I mean, that's a Bravo. Oh, yeah. That's that's huge. That's huge. They're like, well, I recognize why I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. I'm drained. You know, I've been like, I'm spent, right? The empty bucket phenomenon, right? Like just fill it with whatever. For, For sure. And here's a real, a major shift that I'm in the process of making. You have to have that voice needs to be tender. You know, that, that harsh critical voice where I just beat myself up and like whip myself into go push, you know, you're not this enough. You're not that enough. You need to do more of this. You need to do that. Like guilt, shame, all those things in that really harsh voice on that automatic tape that goes in our heads. If you're of a certain age, 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and beyond, there is a little bit of a, a generational thing that you have to make sure that you have neutralized. I see it way less in, in younger women. There's some kind of shift where, where they're not quite as consistently awful with themselves, but I am not able to make these changes and to move forward, Dr. Anna, unless I'm talking to myself with great love. Mm. Oh, I think that's huge. And I think I love what you say. You're making the life of your dreams, the love of your dreams. I mean, manifesting this. And so the relationship of your dreams, relationship with yourself, I always love to give the analogy of like, if you're coaching your six-year-old self, right? Like how would you coach your six-year-old self or your best friend's daughter, right? it's, It's a different language, a different tenderness, a different feeling. And then also there's a lot of grace, right? To give ourselves all. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I think of Nancy's daughter, Olivia, who I love. She's, I I call her my spirit niece. I would only speak to her. I would only beckon her with words of love and support and encouragement. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, the way I talk to my two English bulldogs, Bella and Kissy, and it's like everything they do amazes me. Every little thing delights me. And I think Gosh, Sherry, as you continue to develop this tender voice for yourself, when you start really, really embracing yourself, the way you look at those those two babies, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. You are oh. on the joy ride for yeah. every day that you walk the planet. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes like I love in your book too, again, the very vulnerable book, The Beautiful Now, right? Like there is nothing that, I mean, there's very little that you've held back. I know, I know. Make us really, you know, aware of ourselves and just love you even more. But, you know, one part is also sometimes we like set ourselves up for defeat. Like, for example, going into that advanced workout class with 20-year-olds, right? Or being pushed by an Olympic trainer. I mean, we want the best, but... Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting because I'm really steeped in my stories right now. And what I do realize is all that is, is about self-sabotage. You know, that is not, that is not anything but a secret unconscious self-sabotage because that all or nothing mentality, I've gone back in many times in my life and see how it's like, I'm running half marathons for six months then I'm doing nothing. I'm doing this for six months and then I'm doing nothing. And that all or nothing mentality usually for me ends up to not for nothing. Like I've got nothing in my hands and nothing to show for it because I decide that it's not exciting or that it's boring to take the little steps that add up to day in, day out, feel good, feel good. So I kind of had to change the framing of that. 
Because doing things that are good for me, like medicine, is not inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And what I've had to change, and and you know, again, work in progress, is that I'm leaning into all the things that really, 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 really feel good because I understand how much easier it is to just shower myself with love for myself when I feel good. It's a love practice. Having my 100 ounces of water today is a love practice. That's inspiring to me then. Well, it's good for you, you know? I love that. I love the self-care. You know, like I have to sometimes I think of that, you know, inner child, like, okay, you know, what would I do for her? Right. I do. It's a discipline and a practice because I'm going to be the most critical person of myself. Right. And especially when we're stressed and we're worn out and we're exhausted, it becomes easy to be self-critical. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've, I've been down that road many times. And when I don't pay attention, like every now and then, and this is a tip, just like, what are you saying to yourself? What's going on there? What's, ha- what's happening? What's that? What word is happening? Are you judging your appearance? You know, or you don't feel good in your body or you're beating yourself up about this or that or what you haven't gotten done. You have to tune in and listen to it. Otherwise, it's just running the show and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, again, that awareness when we're doing something that we know is, is somewhat destructive. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love this part. You know, I love everything in your book, but I highlight this too, because also on the health, right? Like as a physician, you know, like how do we restore our health? You actually have your pillars. I love your pillar life. And you go through that. And I, I think that's, that's so beautiful. But you write here, looking back on my life through compassionate eyes, I can begin to understand the patterns that brought me here. Just like a physician would take a medical history, I examine my own health background. What are my beliefs about wellness and where do they come from? And then the story began before I did. That concept of why are we doing what we're doing and where's the truth in it and what's true to us. That's That's right. Every process, like, so this person, that person can do A, B, and C, but what is true to us? And again, I think this is a generational issue and worth looking at if you are in your 40s, 50s, or 60s. You know, I was raised with the idea that you doctors, Dr. Anna, are our gods and always kind of feeling like- Well, I, I like just, that, Sherry. Let me- yeah. I mean, uh, Goddesses. <laughs> Goddesses. And, and- Don't stop. Don't stop. No, I'm kidding. Okay, go ahead. And, 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 and not to be questioned and, and that there was a, a thing is you just turn yourself over to these godlike beings who are the final authority on your health and your wellness and- I don't know. I think for a long time, I've just been waiting and waiting for someone to come along and be the expert on me and tell me everything. And I see that even now, like that little bit of a propensity to just want someone just, just come on, take it over and then tell me everything's going to be okay. And once I had that moment where I'm like, nobody's coming to do that for you. So you, you sat there, you had a front row seat at the Oprah show at all the experts in the world on the planet. And here's what you know. You know this better than anybody else would know this, that at some point you have to become the expert on you. Mm-hmm. And the doctors in your lives are part of your team, but you're in charge. Never was that more poignantly expressed than my friend Chris Carr, Crazy Sexy Cancer, who said that she had to become the, the CEO of Save My Ass. 
technologies when she was diagnosed with a rare cancer years ago. And I like that because that old notion that someone else is going to come along and take care of your life for you is just ancient. And in a new day, to feel empowered and enlivened that you're the expert on you, you're getting to know yourself, you have your own recipe, that what works for you is not the same as what's going to be right for me, that your joyride is yours to define. Mine is mine to define. And there's so much power and freedom in that if we're only willing to not look at it as a burden, but the joy of discovering ourselves and what path is right. I love that. I love that. Be the CEO of your health. You know, I've heard you say that before and, and take charge. Don't give your power away to anyone, even me, although I want it, but don't give it. <laughs> No, but here, here's the great news. If you will look at look at yourself as the curator, like you're curating what comes into your life, what kinds of relationships, what kind of conversations, what kind of television, what kind of radio, what kind of podcasts, you know, you're in charge of the curation, knowing that what you ingest energetically, informationally, that's creating your life experience. So like what I like is to experience somebody like you, Dr. Anna, hear what you have to say and, and go, oh, this resonates, that resonates, this resonates. But in the end, I can't make you responsible for my health and well-being. Yeah. You are a contributor. You're a guide. You shine a light on possibilities. But in the end, I'm the one who has to put it together. Right. Right? And you have to incorporate it into your life, into your daily routine, into your mental thoughts, into every aspect. The spirituality aspect so interests me because you've been like, you've had exposure to, we mentioned Deepak Chopra, Oprah Winfrey, the Dalai Lama, even. I mean, and then just hundreds. Of I know, hundreds of people. Others. Hundreds. So, what is the spiritual practice that resonates with you that keeps? Right you in that center, especially like you're a book tour and you're running around and you're, you know. Well, there is no question that meditation is a universal benefit for anybody who partakes in any kind, way, form, whatever. And when my meditation practice is on point, I am filled with love for myself and that makes all the difference in the world. Everything quiets down. My bird's eye view gets higher so I'm not all in the mix of what's happening externally. For me, my language is Abraham Hicks. So I do lots of spiritual reading. I read lots of stuff by Abraham Hicks. I listen to CDs. I like knowing that I, with the, this mystical, magical, loving universal force, that I am co-creating all of it. You know, there's two ways to go. There's the hard road, which I've taken many, many times. And then there's the road of ease, the road of ease. And that road really seems to be when you make coming into alignment with that force, however you define it. It feels like there's this flood of energy and well-being that we can connect to when we're mindful, when we listen to our breath, when we quiet our minds. And also, Dr. Anna, when we realize this is kind of a bit of a play we're in. We're characters in each other's stories. Mm -hmm. There's a much bigger story going on here. 
that, you know, the world is good and life is good and we're supposed to live the lives of our dreams. And, and what does that mean? And that, that's the fun of figuring that out. I love that. We definitely are supposed to live the life of our dreams. And, you know, one of the things that if you can dream it, you know, you can attain it in some form or another. And I think that's, you know, being able to dream now, you know, you focused, you and Nancy, from This Is 50 to the Sherry and Nancy show on this midlife transition time period, right? This reinvention time period. And as we enter this time of wonder, because wonder what the hell is happening to my body. Otherwise, wondering and, and you know, like, what can we do? You know, what is what is it that all these skills that we've learned over the years? Now, what does that transition into or transform into? Right. Well, sometimes I feel like Nancy has children. She just texted me this morning. Her son Alex, who's my spirit nephew, turns twenty-seven today. Oh my God, that's that's the year I moved home in shame from Dallas, Texas, that I write about in the book. And I'm like, oh my God, he's 27. I held that baby in my arms. I think for those of you who have children, they age you a little bit because they keep getting taller and reminding you that you must be aging too. I don't quite have that frame of reference in my face all the time. So it's easy for a little easier for me to kind of not get caught up in that linear way of thinking. But but one thing I will say, and this is what Nancy and I talk about a lot, we have a decision to make. And for us, it was in our 50s when we looked at each other over big buckets of Chardonnay and said, I'm not done yet. How about you? How about you, my friend? I'm not done yet. I still have lots of dreams I want to manifest. I certainly had some glorious days uh, working at the Oprah show, but I want them to be a foundation for my most glorious days yet to come. So I don't want to be sitting around waiting, you know, for the clock to run out. So what does that mean? That means I want to be juicy and sexy and creative and innovative and constantly dreaming up new things for myself as opposed to the other decision. I'm going to deal with my suitcases and my baggage so I'm not lugging that around forever. And I'm just going to realize that, that I don't want to end up at 90 years old with a big old bucket list that never got experienced and a body I can't move and, and regrets of, wow, remember in your 50s when you said you could live the life of your dreams? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it? That's not going to be my story. No, no, not at all. And I, you know, hope you realize how many people you have influenced already. You know, it is, it is far, vast, and wide. And I, I remember humbly you and Nancy talking on stage, and you're like, "Man, we thought we'd have this great little women's retreat, and we wondered if anyone would show up." And there's like 400 of us in the audience, and you know, waiting list for more. So it's true. It's like that impact is vast and broad, and it's exciting because it gives us also another perspective. Like we're not alone. I mean, here, you know, Sherry, honestly, I can say, okay, well, Sherry had exposure to these people I only dream about having exposure to, right? I've dreamt about. And she struggled too, like on that self-love, that self-care, that self-compassion, right? Like, hey, I got to do this for me. I'm doing everything for everyone else, making sure that this entire a massive crew and and information gets presented in such an amazing way. But then there wasn't that, you know, self-attention, self-love reflected or felt right back in to say, I got to take care of me too. 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think the other big reframing and big tweak to make is we need each other. We need to have these conversations. This is the only conversation I really want to have. I want to talk about upliftment and I want to talk about your dreams and my dreams and, you know, how they're coming into shape. And, you know, I want to be exposed to new ideas. Those conversations and that support of like kind of changing your idea of what friendship looks like and it's not commiseration and gossip and seeing who can win the my life is so bad contest or you're not going to believe what happened to me contest but instead like tell me what's on your mind tell me what's in your heart tell me what you learned about yourself this week oh my god i know you can do it that's so great there is absolute complete and total power in us looking at one another across the table and really deciding to support one another in that rise up to the the life of our dreams because it it feels great to do it together. It's so much more fun, especially if it's over Chardonnay, but that's, (laughs) you know, green juice, (laughs) green juice, some mighty maca plus y'all. That's right. And, you know, I love that we need each other, right? We can't do it alone. We do it in community and then we increase our oxytocin. We increase our just, you know, overall the health benefits to ourselves. And, And certainly that's contagious and that has long reaching effects for sure. And I remember you saying one time too, that when you and Nancy, like you went to conscientiously stop from saying, I'm complaining about A, B, and C. This is what's good. This is what's positive. These are some, you know, are no more than one minute of that gripe. Oh yeah. We give ourselves a minute to stomp around and be like, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Like, okay, let's get off that. Let's reframe that. And let's push on because you start getting momentum around the downward spiral and pretty soon you're down, you're low. It's hard to get out of bed. You feel disappointed. You feel depressed. You feel like it's not possible, but you get a hold of a little piece of hope and start kind of giving that some time and attention. Next thing you know, you feel like you really can have what you say you want. Mm-hmm. Have the life you dream. I love that. So Sherry, tell everyone about your book and where to get it. And also the oh, they yes. get. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's everywhere. So it's doing very well on Amazon. It's on the front table at Barnes and Noble. At thebeautifulno.com, I have all the little buy buttons so you can pick your favorite, favorite seller. And at thebeautifulno.com, when you put your little order number in, we've created a 64-page free companion workbook. So you can have your own beautiful no experience, which, and we, I put a lot of time into that. I think it's really good. Like I would love it and I'm doing it. I, I, I went to Staples on staples.com and I uploaded the, the PDF and had them bind it for me because I wanted to be able to, to write it write it right in the notebook. So yeah, so it's beautifulno.com. Everything's there where I'm going to be. I'm adding events all the time. And Dr. Anna, I just can't even believe that you had me on and I really appreciate it. I thank you. I thank you. I've been looking forward to this conversation for sure. I've been looking forward to it and I'm glad to share you with my community. So all of you that are listening, please share this with your 
Facebook friends, with your community, share this as the podcast and, and let people know about this book, The Beautiful No. And I want to hear your stories. Comment below and, and let me know, like, what is your beautiful no? Can you look back and think of that beautiful no? Maybe it was the no to a relationship. Maybe it was the no to the job, like with Sherry that led her to work with Oprah Winfrey for 20 years and then just to redefine herself now in her life experience and expressing her love and compassion both for others and herself in this really, really community-centric way that I just love. So list your beautiful no's down below and go to thebeautifulno.com. Definitely enter your order number so that you can get the companion journal. I'm going to do that right now. I have it open on my page. So I'm looking forward to that. And thank you all for listening.